This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's a big world out there. Welcome to Bigfoot's Wilderness Podcast. Back in the fall of 1976, my junior year in high school, me and a buddy of mine decided to go squirrel hunting late one evening along the Mississippi River Bluff, south of my hometown of Natchez by God, Mississippi. We hurriedly scurried up the face of the 300-foot-tall bluff to get to the first ridge. Then, crossing through the bottom to the second ridge, we had to get on our hands and knees to crawl through a mock-orange thicket along a narrow deer trail. Now, a mock orange is a wild thorny bush that is fortified with thorns over two inches long. We carefully crawled through to the other side, none the worse for the wear, headed up the second ridge and towards the dead end of a deep ravine that marked the beginning of the third ridge. As light was fading, we crossed over the third ridge to the backside. Squirrels were everywhere all at once, gnawing on hickory nuts, cutting acorns, jumping from tree to tree. We began to shoot squirrels like the 4th of July, literally shattering the silence with repeated 12-gauge shotgun blasts until darkness brought a halt to our harvest. Both of us were busy retrieving our squirrels as the last waning remnants of light faded to dark. No problem. We knew the way back. Just as we both turned to head back up the backside of the third ridge, something let out a very loud, long howl, followed by three very deep bass grunts. The sound was so loud, we could actually feel it resonating off our bodies, and it was close, real close. Just across the ravine, on the near face of the fourth ridge, business picked up. Both of us stopped, frozen, single file, scared to move. My buddy finally heard the silence and asked, Did you hear that? Friends, I not only heard that, 
but my pucker was busy etching a 45 RPM record of that sound for posterity. I finally was able to eke out a, yeah, to which my buddy said, well, I don't know what that was, but it's going to have to eat a whole lot of lead and this gun and try and catch me. And he took off in a flash. Now, some of you know that I ran track and cross country in high school. My buddy and I were teammates and trained together. So let's just say that we were both young and in shape. And as soon as he took off, I was right behind him. I gotta tell you, here we were in a full blind sprint running through the darkness with our squirrel vests choking the ever-loving life out of us. We literally couldn't see our hands in front of our face, but neither of us let up off the accelerator. Nuh-uh. And there was no honor among friends either. What we weren't big enough to run over, we just ricocheted off and kept going. One of us would fall and the other would pass, every man for himself. We were running so fast that we weren't even rattling the leaves. We topped the third ridge, gained momentum going down towards the bottom, managed to skirt the deep dark abyss of the deep ravine, up the backside of the second ridge, down the hill, lickety-split, and ran through that mock-orange thicket standing straight up. Yep, we bulldozed through something so fierce that not even a deer could penetrate it. But there was no stopping us. On we went, scalding the woods with our erratic, abbreviated bust-ass here and there. Onward, up and over the first ridge, then leaped off that bluff like two mountain billy goats hell-bent for anywhere but there. Friends, let me tell you, even though your butt pucker is locked into a death grip and your feet done just about run plumb out from under yourself, even then a country boy has enough sense to cross his feet together while sliding down a tree-lined bluff at breakneck speed. When our bowling ball trajectory reached the bottom, we about tore my uncle's fence down, rolled over the top and scooted inside my truck, locked the doors and rolled the windows up tight. We didn't say much about it. Didn't want people to think that we were making it up. But I gotta tell you, to this day, I have never been back to that place. I've been hunting with family around that area a few times later on, but always with eyes in the back of my head and my ears straining for even the slightest hint of the source of that badass noise that still haunts me today. Pretty interesting story, right? couple of teenagers scared by something that most likely was a Bigfoot. Good thing they were able to get the heck out of there. So the story was shared with me by a gentleman named Tommy Dunn. And Tommy is actually in the midst of planning a Bigfoot celebration in Natchez, Mississippi. So I'm going to run a little commercial for you to hear. Maybe you'll make the trip down there. So go ahead and check this out. We'll be right back. 300 years ago, a legend was born in Natchez, Mississippi. And we're throwing a party. It's the Natchez Bigfoot Birthday Bash, happening November 4th, 5th, and 6th. Featuring lectures by field researcher M.K. Davis, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and from the acclaimed documentary Discovering Bigfoot, Todd Standing. With special guests, Turtle Man, Bubba Buck Adventures, 
Mrs. Mississippi America 21, Grayson McNeil. Musical entertainment by the Gabriel Bass Songwriters Showcase, Ben Lewis, Scratch, and American Idol finalist, Hannah Everhart. The Bigfoot legend was born in Natchez 300 years ago, and it's time to celebrate with music, food, arts and crafts, a Bigfoot calling contest, plus a 5K marathon and one-mile fun run. We're even having a birthday cake for the big guy. It's the Natchez Bigfoot Birthday Bash, happening November 4th, 5th, and 6th in beautiful Natchez, Mississippi. It's gonna be legendary. Sponsored by Locust Alley, the city of Natchez, Visit Natchez, Mid-South Broadcasting, the Louisiana Band of Choctaw, and Miss Lou Tours. Boy, that sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I could go, but I will be stuck here in Virginia. So, good luck, Tommy, and to the 300th Bigfoot celebration. Hope that cake is big. And I hope everyone has a great time, and maybe this will just give you the inspiration to go down there and celebrate with them. So let's go ahead and move on. All right, next is author Chris Marola. You may know him from his book, The One Who Runs and Hides, A True Story. He shared his account a few years back on social media, and it's quite possible that Chris was at the time in the minority when it came to the paranormal aspect of Bigfoot. His sightings and encounters began in 2008 when he stayed at a friend's cabin. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, let me introduce Chris Marola. You know, thank you very much for coming on the Bigfoot's Wilderness podcast and telling us your story. Mike, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. It's a journey in my life that I did not ask for at all. You know, this is something that I wasn't planning. Um, it it started uh, just to say to your viewers, it started in the, the summer of 2008 in June, and uh, I was looking for a place to take my eight-year-old son to get away. And as a father, I, I I enjoyed fishing and hunting, and and I was teaching my son how to fish, and not so much on the hunting aspect because his his mom wasn't too keen on that part. But, you know, um, he did like the wilderness and uh, a friend of mine that I went to high school with, his family uh, had uh, property up in the northwest corner of Connecticut where the Berkshire Mountains begin and uh, escalate up into Massachusetts into uh, Vermont. And they had uh, over 800 acres. And the matriarchs of this family um, had passed away uh, uh, back in uh, 96 and uh, they had three sons and they weren't taking care of the property as much. They, they were living in California and Virginia and one was living in New Jersey, but um, their time spending on this beautiful property, which I don't know why they didn't uh, was only maybe for a few weeks during the summer. And um, my friend said, okay, Chris, uh, you know, why don't you come on up? There's a, a cabin by the mansion and uh, about several hundred yards into the woods and it's right around the pond. And, you know, you, you can stay there with you and your son and uh, have a good time. So I, I told my friend, wow, that's awesome. It's beautiful. So I, I went up there and uh, I checked the place out and uh, no one had been in the cabin for about nine years. So when I saw the, opened the door, uh, there was like mice and, and, and chipmunks in there and everything for, for a long period of time. And uh, 
So I cleaned it up real good for two days and I went and grabbed my son. And uh, I brought him up there for a week. And the first, the first night, um, I was just, we were sleeping in bed there. And all of a sudden I heard, started hearing this cracking, cracking about one o'clock in the morning. Like it was almost like thunder. And, uh, you know, and it was a, it was no rain or, or, or uh, you know, dark clouds or anything like that. And I'm going, what could this be? And it just kept on going. And it was probably about 30 yards from the cabin. And uh, my son, I was looking at him and he was just sleeping down, dead asleep. Nothing would wake him up. And thank God it didn't. Um, so I, I got down. Um, I, there were no floodlights or outside lights. And unfortunately, being in a rush, uh, I didn't really bring a, a flashlight with me. Uh, I had a small, like, uh, well, it was his, his, his um, flashlight. It was a, a Johnny Depp uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean flashlight he brought along. But that's all we had. That was, it was stupid on my part because I was just trying to hurry. And um, so it just kept on hearing this crunch, crunch, crunch. And it was so loud. Uh, it was petrifying. So I, know, I knew not to turn the lights on inside the cabin because whatever was out there could see what was happening inside. So I left the lights off, you know, and um, I just crawled on the floor and went up to the, the, the door in the back in the, where the, the bathroom was and just was peeking outside. And it just kept on going from, from one o'clock to about, uh, I would say about 4.30 to almost five o'clock in the morning, constant. So I, I didn't sleep. Um, I just stayed there uh, in the chair, just looking you know, at the door. I think I grabbed a couple of the knives that were in the drawers. I, I just really wasn't prepared for something like this. And um, when daybreak came out and, and I could see that I could go outside and if anything was coming at me, I, I had time to see, you know, what it was. And uh, so uh, I went out about, uh, I think it was about, uh, you know, six o'clock or so. It was enough light. And I went into the direction of where the sound was coming from. And I found on this, on the bottom of this tree that was hit by lightning about I don't know, maybe uh, 30 feet up, um, I found these strips of bark that were taken off of this tree that was about seven feet long, anywhere from six and a half to seven feet long, laid down in strips. And now these strips were about maybe three to four inches thick and, and the height I mentioned, and, but it was laid down, I'm looking at in a pattern, like it went, you know, straight down one end then in an angle and an angle it almost made it made like a a, a 90 degree angle or not excuse me uh um 180 and i'm going like what what creature or animal um could do something like this now i had no idea uh of bigfoot even being in connecticut or new england i, I always thought in 2008 and that time about 
Gimlin and Patterson that was out west in California and Oregon, Alaska and all that, those places. So I, it wasn't popping into my mind what did it. So, so um, after seeing that there, I, I grabbed them all and I, I, I brought them over to the cabin and I threw them underneath the cabin. And uh, I went and got my son and I, and I said, well, you know, what do you want to do for the rest of the day? And uh, we decided to, um, to uh, go uh, tubing down the Farmington River. So we went down, had a great time going down, tubing down the Farmington River. And uh, when we came back late that afternoon, we're going to the steps uh, of the cabin. And there, I mean, was this, the creature the took a dump um, like, like a baseball bat. We, we're, you know, I'm being a hunter. I'm looking at the front of the steps that the calling card of like, you know, an animal for scat. This was straight and, and you know, about, I, I'm not kidding you, man. I mean, it was like 20 inches. It was impressive, you know, and, you're, <laughs> and it was just lying there on the steps as we were getting up to the cabin. And being a hunter, you know, animals, leave their scat and I knew this was a sign of a territorial marking you know and believe me um you know still at that time I had no idea that you know Bigfoot would exist around here you know I, I did believe in Bigfoot but you know always out west or that part so you know I didn't save it now if something like that ever happened by the cabin I would grab it bag it and the whole bit and put it in my freezer and, and, and use it for DNA. But um, so I'm telling my son, we're, you know, and I have to explain to him that, you know, some type of animals out here. So we have to be cautious because I really wasn't familiar of the property that we're on this mountain. And remember, nobody's been on this property for years and years and years. So um, about uh, five or six days later, I told my girlfriend and said, why don't you come on up to the cabin and we'll have a barbecue and and we'll just cook and and she was really a city girl. Uh, she, she, you know, she we were was a great person and, and so on, but the outdoor life wasn't her her attraction. But she did come up and uh, we were cooking and it was about uh, I'd say we're eating on the deck and it was just about uh, 8.30 in the evening. The sun had just set and all of a sudden, almost in the exact same area prior where the, I found the strips of bark coming off the tree, this scream. Now the scream was so loud. We're sitting there and it went like, for like, I would say, I don't want to exaggerate, maybe 30 seconds, but it was pretty close to that. And the way I could describe it was, and I've, this is the best way to describe it. If you poured gasoline on a man or a person and lit him on fire and had the strength of an elephant trumpeting, that's how the scream was. It was angry. I mean, this was such violence in it that it just penetrated 
our, our, our bodies. I mean, that's how close it was. So I get up and I turn around, and I go to go to the, the corner of the, the the deck looking out there. Now it's getting to almost completely dark. And I and I and I turn around and my son and my girlfriend are missing from the table. Now I go and I look into the cabin to see, and there they are, both of them, going through the drawers, trying to find the biggest knives. Now it was almost comical i mean at the moment even though the fear that i had seeing the city girl and my eight-year-old going through the drawers together looking for the biggest knives and um um so i i uh, asked my girlfriend uh, to bring up the flashlights when she came up and she did and i grabbed one of the flashlights and i went down in the area looking and there both of them are screaming and yelling at me, Dad, come back, and and what are you, crazy and stupid, and, and the whole bit, and I, I was crazy and stupid I, I, in, in some respect, yes, but I needed to know what was out there, and I went out and I looked around, couldn't find uh, anything, couldn't see anything, but this all started as I went there from the first night to the end of that week. You know, and that was the beginning of my my curiosity of what was out there. Because then I knew right then and there it wasn't a bear. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, we do have mountain lions there because I've seen two in my 12 years of being up on the mountain. Um, but um, that that began the, the journey of what I've done. And, and it's led into an addiction. We're now, you know, like I just came back from three weeks in Virginia and West Virginia and um, uh, camping in the mountains up there. So um, that, that was the start of everything for me, Mike. So um, just just a qu- couple of quick questions. The, yeah. uh, the cabin or was it a cabin or a home or, or like just like a like a kind of like a place you go for leisure, you know, just a cabin in the um, woods type, type theme? On the cover of my book is a picture of the cabin, and above it, I have two large glowing eyes above it because I was always seeing eye shine. But the after the owners of the property died, the sister uh, of the owner, uh, she came up there, and they she was an artist. And um, my friend that introduced me to the property he and his other cousin built this cabin that was about, you know, I would say about uh, 300 yards from the mansion. And it was on the pond. And because she was an artist, she wanted glass. So it was wood and glass, but there was so much like French glass windows, glass, everything, because she liked to paint. But after they built it, um, she only lasted a year there. Okay, then she just... I don't know, lo- the loss of her, her sister and everything else, she, she really never used it anymore. But um, it, it, it's a beautiful cabin. It, it's a cabin, but it's a little unusual because there's so much glass in it, you know, and it was great because you could see nature all through around when you walked. And that was the scary thing that I knew when whenever Bigfoot's out there, you know, I knew he could see in no matter what. And there's so much glass from the deck to the bathroom, to the side, and, and around. And you, you'll see that when you look at the book and stuff, if you see it. 
Did did you ever find any evidence that they'd gotten into the home? Uh, Bigfoot getting into the home? Oh, no, no. Bigfoot would never get into the home. Uh, the only thing that's gotten into the home was the black bears. They they oh. would break into my window. Yeah, they broke into my window and got on the deck and knocked off um, the the um, charcoal grill and opened up my freezer and they walked in and out. You know, they're, they do that. But Bigfoot, no. What Bigfoot has done has gone up on my deck and um, taken my tiki uh, torches and moved around furniture and placed stuff in front of my door when I opened it that I couldn't I couldn't open it without pushing hard against it. You know, those things after uh, this was after a period of time in the beginning, they hated my guts. I mean, they were angry. But, you know, after after watching me in years and then with hunting and fishing and then, then all of a sudden I, I gave up the hunting and uh, because of so much wildlife there. Uh, I mean, the deer population was like a safari because nobody was up there to trespass and the deer with the meadows and you know talking over 800 acres of roaming range it was it was amazing for the animal life you know and um like i said i saw mountain lions there which i did bring up the topic to dep but they still deny it to this day that the mountain lions are but no the only thing bigfoot has ever done really is shake the cabin and the way he's done that, he stomps his foot. He'll, either he's jumping off the, the tree nearby and he'll jump right next to the cabin and wake me up out of the out of bed. I, I know it's, you know, he's done it maybe a, a half a dozen times for fun. I, there's nothing um, vicious about it. I, I, I guess, you know, he just bored. I don't know what, but he would come and just... Um, shake the cabin but without hitting it you know it was you could feel the earth when he was stomping that part and and the cabin was on stilts so it, it was a lot easier to, to feel it when it's on stilts on so when you said that he may have done it just for fun you're trying to say that bigfoot has a sense of humor well when they come up on your deck and you you, you have six tiki, tiki torches and you know you're using it at night and then the next morning you know you have four you're going like, who took the other two? And there's nobody on this property, you know? So they, they have a, a, a sense of, of humor and they have intelligence. Um, do not think that these creatures are, you know, just, uh, um, you know, uh, in the ape or uh, primates. They are so intelligent, vast intelligent um uh, they have capabilities, which, you know, I, I've gotten some conflict about them with the paranormal capabilities that they have. Uh, but more and more people are writing to me and uh, saying, you know, you know, I, I saw Bigfoot uh, walking and then all of a sudden, he, you know, he, he disappeared, you know, just in front of me, just, just disappeared. Or, you know, seeing them like in stealth mood, mold where they're like almost like the creature and predator where you, you know that if you saw that movie they have this like i don't know like a uh, a glass tint to them you know so um for them to what i've seen because i've been up there in the mountains for so long with them i i've seen them so often i've seen these observations of where they just disappear 
and you, it makes you scratch your head. It's it's science fiction, yes. Um, and you know, other people that have seen Bigfoot, well, hey, they've seen Bigfoot, and okay, you, you see him once, or maybe you've seen him twice, but and, and it's just flesh and blood, which I have seen. But th- there are other things that they have shown to me that um, you know makes you say, hey, there's something else there, you know, and um, especially for people that have property or and and maybe you've heard of or on other shows or on your show whatever or people contact you that they've been living here for years and years of uh, these families and 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 bigfoot has been around them and they've seen them do these um um uh, disappearances and and uh, magic whatever you want to call it uh, they they have it not everything's black and white i've learned that Right. But um, in order to get them to come to you to or, or to to kind of live around or in the area of your cabin, um, did you were you attracting them? Were you feeding them? No, Mike, they, they've been there for well before I was there. I, I mean, they were there already. That's why they were pissed. They were they were angry. But after a while, they, and then, you know, they just observed, you know, and as years went on, uh, you know, they made themselves appear more and more. And but feeding them, yes. After a while, I said, okay, I'm going to get you on uh, film. So I, I got as much as 13 cameras, and I put them all around the property, and 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 put uh, you know their their peanut butter. They love peanut butter on bread with bird seed, and they would enjoy that. Or Snickers bars, Babe Ruth's bars. You know, people, if you want to do something like that, that they enjoy eating, you want to make friends, those items right there will make them happy. But, um, you know, they were clever. Uh, I mean, they would go and I'd, I'd put a, the food there on a tree, I, on a nail, and have the cameras facing there. And they would, like, get their body, like, right next to the camera, like, six inches away. And when it went on, all you saw was this bright white glow and then when they moved their body to the side it either came through their stomach side or their shoulder or the arm and then you'd see their hair coming from the side as they moved away from the camera you know they were very very clever they know what cameras are and um you know i did have a few cameras missing uh but i don't think it was from them uh, it was either from some of the poachers that would come on the property hunting or it was from maybe the dep uh, officer that came by and um maybe it took a few of my cameras but um feeding them uh, i did all the time I, I i did all the time and um they enjoyed it uh, and uh, so um you, you can do that if you want if your viewers are, have any type of um contact with them they probably already know this i'm not telling them the stuff that they don't already know yeah i um your your story is obviously a little bit different but i've had many people uh, in the past tell me that the reason that these creatures would hang around someone's home was because the prior person was feeding them and then they expected similar treatment from the next person but in your case that was their domain. They lived there. You were you were an intruder. <laughs> you took yeah. over the you took over the occupancy, but luckily 
you didn't get injured, which is amazing. Or well, your they, son they, or your girlfriend. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Yeah, in the beginning, yes, you're absolutely right. But um, I think it was more, and just showing you what I'm, I observed and what I witnessed, and, and I always try to share things with people. I, I on my YouTube channel, I always describe what to look for. I, I, I you know, and you know, they can take my advice and 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 I'm just I try to try to pass it on and educate them about how these creatures are. And I never, besides the screams and yelling and and. Uh oh, looks like we just lost Chris. Oh, no, back. I'm sorry. There you are. No problem. Somebody, somebody was calling me. I had to end it. Um, uh, what was I saying there? You remember where I was at, Mike? I forgot. I um, think you were, you were just kind of giving a, a little uh, analysis of uh, of all oh, them being uh, um, uh, aggressive. Yes. You know that's. They can. There's so many people that can have those encounters, and I've heard about uh, up in Brown Mountain in North Carolina, and uh, the government coming up and killing them, and, and so on, and and people telling me that they attacked uh, their wildlife, which they could, and eat their chickens, which is possible, um, you know. And some said that, you know, my cousin was, you know, uh, had his arm broken, is you know, thrown against a tree. Well. My experiences, nothing like that ever happened. Uh, and I spent a lot of time out in the wilderness there. I mean, almost every night I would go to the meadows, bring my uh, a telescope, um, you know, and just sit out there and look at the stars and have a cigar and uh, enjoy myself. And they had ample amount of times to to bury me and hide me. And they never did. And um, I am going... Uh, this weekend alone again uh, for a week uh, up to the mountains up there and I'm going to go out into uh, the interior not at the cabin and uh, and hopefully they pay a visit this week you know with me but I have no fear the, the, the fear is gone from that so once they know you and people that have seen Bigfoot uh, I believe you're all marked we're, we're marked they I don't know if they tell by the, your heart um, as a person, if you're a good person, um, and you go into an area, um, without showing fear, you'll have no problem. I, I, I honestly believe that, uh, you'll have no problem. You know, they, they can sense at your core, your aura. I don't know how I can say it any better than that, but, um, I just came from Virginia and West Virginia out in the woods, and I told you I made contact with them. They made contact with me. I showed you what happened. Showed you, you know, so, and I don't know them in Virginia and West Virginia. I haven't shown that. I'm going to try to make that documentary with this, because this is stuff you haven't seen before on Expedition Bigfoot or Monster, um, Mountain Monster, nothing like this. I can't wait to show it to the public. So. For me to be out there in the dark woods of the Peter Mountains and the Blue Ridge Mountains by myself, um, they had, I was more afraid of the bear or, or, or the mountain lions. You know, it is scary not knowing where you are. I, I will be, I'll testify that because you're out there and it's in the dark and it's, you know, you're by yourself. But um, there's some connection where they can tell you as an individual, 
if you're good or bad. All I can say is that, you know, they can sense it. I know they don't like hunters, and that maybe that's one reason I stopped hunting, you know, because I love bow hunting, and, um, you know, I still fish, but I, I gave it up because where I was up there in the mountain, there was so many deer, it wasn't even hunting anymore. It was It was too easy, you know. So you've been interacting with them for over a decade. Since 2008, I still am. It's an addiction. I, I, I didn't want it to be, but to prove myself to family and friends what I saw. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, my first encounter uh, became started in uh, 2014. And uh, the friend that introduced me to the cabin, uh, I met him on the dirt road. And he goes, Chris, you know, um, I was out there with um, Janet uh, behind the cabin. We were walking. We found this uh, carcass of this deer. And it's just really weird, you know, an unusual, you know, what could kill a deer like this? And I said, well, what are you talking about? And he said, yeah, it's, it's about 100 or so yards behind the cabin. You'll, you'll see it there. And I went about 100 yards past the cabin. I went down the old logging road behind there that they used to do logging. And sure enough, I, I come to this carcass and um, all the, the limbs are removed. All the ribs are broken off. The head is missing. Just just the the, the, the spine, a uh, little portion of the, the hip bone. And um, and then I look about, you know, 10 to 15 feet away from it. And on the on the floor of of the um, forest there is this all the hair from the deer was laid out like a Persian rug I mean no skin attached to it just all the hair was removed and it looked like it was just drying and I, I took a uh, photographs of that I'll, I'll send those to you just just lying lying on the ground and it was like 10 feet by 10 feet and you know from my past experience of finding you know kills and stuff before and, and watching enough nature shows that you know when when coyotes or or a big cat or something makes a kill they they, they just pull spit it out eat pull spit it out eat you know and but this was just laid out perfect so this was then by 2014 so um, I I knew uh, because of thank God for the show Finding Bigfoot. I knew it was a Bigfoot in the area because I started watching that show when it came on 2009 because I, I had to prove to myself, you know, what's out there that I'm living with. So just getting back to this incident. So after looking at the the, the kill there, I, I went towards the cliffs on the property and um, it was probably another, I don't know, maybe... 200 yards from the kill and as I was getting up towards the, the cliff now th this was in April of 2014 so when you're up in that high of altitude on the mountains nothing's blooming yet I mean there, there's nothing there as you go in higher elevation e even in in the Peter Mountains or Allegheny any mountain range everything blooms late so I had a clear view so as I'm going to the ridge just to see where the sounds are that I normally hear at night and uh, the hoops and howls I turn my head and already in full speed is this tall, thin Bigfoot running my way. Now, I wasn't expecting this, 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm staring at him, and as he's running towards me, but towards me, I want to say he's another 20 yards from me as he's running towards me, but but in a straight line, and he runs past me. And as he runs past me, I'm watching him, and he hits this tree and doesn't go past it. Now, he had an, the worst unorthodox run I've ever seen. I mean, the way he was running, and he was um, beautiful jet black. I mean, Black is black. I mean, like, so if you've ever seen a black bear, whatever, a beautiful coat on him, and and his face was flat, and you could see his hair running, you know, it wasn't just blowing back. He was just hauling. I mean, he was already in fast mode when I turned my head. And, um, but the thing was, going that fast and not being able, to stop was the 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 thing that was scratching my head i mean normally anything going that speed you you couldn't slow down that fast you just you just can't and just stop like that but i'm there and he didn't go past the tree so i said all right you know i've I've been there for now for six years i'm coming to meet you i don't care uh you know you, you haven't killed me yet you've been watching me and so on i've seen you now so I walked to the tree, straight ahead at that tree, right down the middle. So if he jumped out to the right or jumped out to the left, I was going to see him. Um, And as I got to the tree, I I went to the left side over there. And I'm talking. I think I even had a – I had food in my pocket too. So I was ready to like, you know, here if you want something. But as I turned around to look on the other side, 
he wasn't there. And um, the only mistake I made was not looking up the tree. But the thing about it, Mike, is that being anywhere around nine feet and him climbing that tree, I would had to see some hands or something grabbing along the side. So I didn't look up the tree. And um, and the and, and if he could have made a right angle, like from that tree and just jump straight on an angle, he would have had to jump about, uh, I would say, 30 feet at least just to go and jump off the cliff. So... This is the part where I say that, you know, people say they're portals or how they disappear. This is my first head scratcher leading up to finding out more afterwards about their abilities of the paranormal, you know, and, and how they can just magically change or whatever. So I, I went back to the beginning of where he I saw him start to run. Now, this is 75 yards where I began to see him. And the terrain that was on that cliff red ledge, I mean, um, there was bushes, uh, trees falling down on the top there, um, rocks. There was rocks all over. And I couldn't understand how something that large and ran that fa didn't trip. I mean, he didn't even trip. It was like he was running on a, 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 a field track, a, a sporting event. And, um, but he did it, you know, and that was the first encounter of me beginning to see him. You know, that was the first, first time. Everybody likes to uh, say Bigfoot's a big brawly, or what am I trying no. to say? Like a, a, a big, wide shouldered, mo massive monster. Not, not always, right? No, no, this guy was on a diet, slim, slim diet, man. There's no way I, I, I've seen him. I've seen him lighter than my freezer that in other events. But this guy was thin as could be, but ran, ran like the wind. You know, it was amazing. So that, that just increased what I had to do. And, you know, and, and I always documented everything. I just from day one to this, I, I started writing things down because, you know, I, I needed to understand, you know, where I was living and all the wood knocks and, and the cracks of rocks hitting each other and the, the chit chat and the chattering that was the most bizarre type of, you know, an animal it wasn't a bird at night going, you know, like a, a chattering uh, to describe it. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I really, it's almost, uh, I think, um, how to say it, um, like if you played something on, on a, a fast speed or whatever, and it was gibberish, it was just a gibberish chatter, but, you know, I just so many vocalizations, I, I just wrote everything on a calendar, I, I had a calendar, uh, you know, and I just write on the calendar what happened each day, you know, what happened in May or what happened that week, and and I just kept on getting notes and notes and notes and just uh, documenting the events. And um, uh, that's, uh, I said, I, I got to tell people what's happening here, you know. And people did not believe that Bigfoot is in New England. They, they just really didn't, you know. And I got a lot of criticism from writing my book and so on. But I needed to tell this story. 
Well, Lauren Coleman's not up in uh, Portland, Maine for for no reason. I mean, there there's Bigfoot sightings in every well, state. So yeah, oh, absolutely. Historical uh, ones as well. Yeah, but many people don't know that, and just many really they just don't know that. And you know, I mean, you know, you you get a lot of people there that just uh, make a lot of nasty comments. It's just you know, and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> really, man, I was like you know trying to tell the truth and tell my story. And, um, and, you know, you got a lot of criticism, people just, you know, I don't know if they, you know, they say trolls or whatever, but you get attacked, you know, trying to say it. I think you telling your story and, and again, I I need to, I have your book in my Amazon cart, but I'll just say that listening to your version and other people's versions, you know, there's, there's a distinct possibility that Bigfoot could have all kinds of abilities that we don't understand. There's things about this planet that we don't understand. We we don't we haven't we haven't researched every single square mile of this of this planet, even or even the waters. So it's it's very possible that that we're just looking, you know, your what you've experienced has probably been experienced by countless others who haven't come forward, but you have. You know, there you know there's. In my life, uh, unfortunately, and a lot of people have the same, there was a lot of death in my family. And a lot of people died young in unexpected ways. And, and um, you know, I um, just wanted to learn about why and, and, and why did this happen and why my life changed and things like that. So I went to, I knew about this medium. And she was the real deal. And she was also a healer. And I, I went and saw her a lot. And I was, and she knew things about death of my brother and my death of my father and, and cousins and so on. And um, so she always said to me, Chris, don't ever tell me what you want. I'll, I'll, you know, don't give me any clues or nothing. So I went to her and after I was talking about things with my family and stuff, I, I said to Romy, I said, Romy, um, there's something around the cabin and I don't know what it is. So she goes, just look, pause and says, I see something black. And she goes, oh, is it Bigfoot? And bingo, man, it was wonderful. Wonderful to hear that come out of her mouth. It was like hitting the lottery. And this was, this was just before I saw him. I guess it may have been a year before or something. I'm trying to get the time because it was 2014. So this, so I, and she goes, is, is it Bigfoot? And she goes, I said, yes. I was thinking, okay, great. And I asked her, I said, what's going on about that with Bigfoot? And she goes to me, now listen. This woman's a saint, a, a, a pure woman, okay, that a person, genuine. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And she goes, Chris, they've been here for thousands and thousands of years, but they're not from here. So your viewers can listen to me. They can say, you know, you're full of crap, whatever this lady. I'm just telling you what I have learned. So I'm just giving you this information. Don't have to take it, listen to it. But I'm letting you know that that's what she said. And she goes and she said this to me afterwards. She goes, Chris, they want to make contact with you. So there's going to be a time, and maybe this week, um, it's going to happen. She, she was never... Never off. I'm in close contact. So I'm talking contact with you, Mike, where I'm in my life now, um, getting a photograph with them. Hey, great. If you, if you allow me, I'm going to ask them if I can take a photograph with of them. But right now, in me, it's the communication level, the contact. These are highly intelligent beings. And, and it's, they're just, beyond just flesh and blood so there's a reason um like i went to west virginia in virginia and i showed you how the female made contact with me um there's something that's going to happen and uh this woman that i i was seeing for a while she 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 doesn't lie so i'm hoping that this time when i go away there'll be more something that i can tell you some information but um that's what she said they have been here for thousands and thousands of years but they're not from here and a lot of people have called me up and told me that the they're, they're they there's some ufo sightings and when they see ufos they see bigfoot and i'll say one thing i, I can't be certain about that but where i am on the mountain of the cabin i've seen plenty of ufos so You know, I don't know if there's a correlation, but other people have come to me saying about it. And um, so that's all I can tell you uh, from this um, wonderful person, woman that was a healer and had the gift 
of, of knowledge that was given to her. That, uh, that's what, what she they, told me. What do they look like? Can, can you give any type of a facial description? We kind of understand they can be thin or they can be broad, but what do they look oh, the, like in the face? Okay. Now, you know, since I've been doing this for quite a while, people call me up and tell me, you know, that, oh, they seen one that was a blonde, a good looking one. I mean, literally, uh, you know, and they're being in respect more human than than uh, uh, a primate type feature. They, 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 a lot of them will tell me they, you know, they're, they're not that scary looking. They're almost like human looking. Well, the ones that our eyes live with, they're flat face. I'm talking flat as an ironing. I mean, really, really flat. No pronunciation of the nose or that. I mean, it just, and the cheeks, I mean, it's, it's flat. It's just more of a gorilla type. You know, that's, that's what I have seen, you know, but a lot of people will call me from, from California or Virginia or Ohio and, and tell me about their encounters and, and what they say. And, um, it just, it's unbelievable. Like they're almost human. Some of them are, I mean, really facials, you know, look a lot like, um,
Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. All right, buddy. You have a good night. We'll talk soon. Yes, we will. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to Chris Marola and the story of the book, The One Who Runs and Hides. It's available on Amazon. I'll put it in my show notes. I'll also give you Chris Marola's email address and if you'd like to reach out to him and give him a hand with some editing or just share your encounters with him. He's a great guy and he's been uh, very forthcoming. So have a great night. Just a reminder, Bigfoot Frightening Encounters episodes 1, 2, and 3 narrated by me will be in the show notes. And if you're looking for anything Bigfoot apparel-wise from Bigfoot's Wilderness, you can find it on Teespring. I'll leave the link there as well. And one last thing, if you've had an encounter and would like to share it with me, you can email me at bigfootswilderness at gmail.com. The link will be in the show notes. Have a great night. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.